Get your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where this morning's sermon is called, What Are You Thinking About? What are you thinking about? I guess that's supposed to be your brain. That's a woman's brain, a man's brain, left brain, right brain. We've been talking lately in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and we've been talking about this in church, and, and it's important. So I'm going to start off with a question. Do you want a better life? Yeah, I think all of us do. Is it automatic? No, it is not. And on that premise, and I am a very strong one to preach who you are in Christ because I want your mind renewed to who you are. But when, but when you were born again, and I would say most of you in here are born again, um, most people who come to church today are born again. There's a few people that are not, and we can take care of that at the end of the service. But most people walk into church are born again. What that means is that you've accepted Jesus and you've been made a new creation. You're, you're the righteousness of God and God loves you. But that's a third of you. That means one third of you is fixed. But the other two thirds are not. That means there's more mess than good. And if you're, you're if you're, flesh is ruling your mind, then you really don't even act like a Christian, even though you are. And sometimes people are bothered by that. They go, my God, I don't even act like a Christian. I'm having trouble. So there's a third, a third of you that's, that's perfect. There's a third of you that's right. And we major on that and we should. That's what God did for you. But there's another part of you that God didn't do anything about and he's not going to. You are. And that is the saving of your soul. See, see, you're a spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, you're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. You're a spirit. When you die, your spirit goes to heaven and your soul. And, when, and that's why you're going to go to classes when you get there. Did you know that? You are. You're going to go to school in heaven. Because if you didn't learn it here, you're going to learn it there. You're going to learn the Bible one way or the other. You're going to get this book out. Okay. And, 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 you, know, if, if, you know, and if you don't like me, you'll be in my class. Because God just loves to just, you're going to Pastor Daryl. Oh, God, no. Not, I, I, I left his church. I know you did. That's why you're going back. Anyway, I'm just messing with you. So God knows that you need your soul saved. Now, everybody in the room right now, your soul is at a different place in God. So how does that happen? Well, it isn't automatic. A lot of it has to do with how you think. Thus, my sermon. So Romans 12:1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, do something with your body. Do something with it. A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. And then it says in verse 2, do not be conformed to the world. Don't, do, not, do not get in their mold. The way they walk, the way they talk, the way they act, don't do it. It's not God. Okay, there's no benefit in it. They're, they don't know God at all. It says, do not, be, do not be molded into the world, but be transformed or changed outwardly 
by the renewing of your mind that or so that you may prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So you'll never prove the will of God without your mind being renewed. Never. You'll never find it. You'll never know it. You live and die and never know the will of God. Now that's heavy. That's a heavy thought. Now the reason why this kind of preaching is not popular is because it is convenient to blame God for your problems. When you start learning faith, you realize there is a responsibility on you to follow and obey God. Faith without actions is dead. And, and so that type of preaching that everything is God is really a cop-out. But people like it. And they can blame God and go, it's your fault, God, that all this happened because you, nothing happens without you. That's a bunch of bunk. So if you, the, when, when you want a better life, then you walk in a church like this and we'll go, well, we'll teach you, but I'm going to show you that you have a responsibility that's been laid on you to do something with your soul. Now, you love the Lord. Bluebirds love the Lord. But you're not a bluebird. You're a human made in the image of God and the righteousness of God, but God wants the righteousness that's in you out. He wants the love in you out. He wants someone to know you're a Christian other than him. Come on, y'all. I'm doing pretty good. And so, and so having said that, he's, now he makes a statement here, and it's a powerful statement, and it's a wonderful statement, because what happens is, is that this is the way we do life. If I could just get Lisa to straighten up, I know God, it'd be a, I'd be a happy man. Wrong. Wrong. What if I could get all of the people in this church to live right. Wrong. It's not my job. Somehow or another, we have bought that we have to get the circumstances around us lined up to have a good life. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a good idea, but, but that's not primary. He said, if you want to be changed and you want a better life, it's an inside job. Until your mind is renewed, forget. In other words, my biggest issue in my marriage is not Lisa. My biggest issue in my marriage is my thinking. Because is it possible, and I'm pretending for a minute that Lisa's not doing right. Is it possible for me to have peace if Lisa's not living right? Absolutely. Is it possible for me to not have peace and she is living right? Both of them are me. So where does peace come from? Peace is a byproduct of what you think about. So some, listen to this statement. I don't think we think about what we think about. I think we need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. What are you thinking about? What, what did you do yesterday? What did you waste an hour on? When, all right, let me ask you this. When's the last time you had an argument with somebody and they weren't there? Man. 
You wasted. It wouldn't do any good if they were there. They didn't listen. They ain't listening to you. And they're not going to change because you scream at them. Don't, don't, don't. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. We, we waste a lot of precious time by looking, thinking, meditating on stupid. The world is crazy. And I'm not going to go crazy with them. I'm going to have a good day. I'm, today is a wonderful day. Jesus is on the throne. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm on my way to heaven. All of my sins are washed away. I've been forgiven. And you can't give me a bad day. I don't care what's going on in your life. I'm not having a bad day. Now, that's primary. Now, now I'll work on Lisa. All right, now, hold on a minute. What does the Bible say? Don't worry about the, the splinter in her eye when I got a log in mine. Get the log out. He didn't say you couldn't talk to your wife. Just get the log out of yours. You, you want to work on someone, you get you straight. Most of the time, your spouse will go, I think I'll change too. If they don't, I'm in agreement with, with healthy discussions. And in a marriage, you're going to have them. In a relationship, you're going to have them. Thank you. Y'all went quiet on me. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to pick on y'all bad. I mean, I'm, because, you know, I'll tell you something. I'm so free of what you think. I love you, but I could care less. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read this. Powerful scripture. Starting in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk like the rest of the Gohames, people without God, and the futility of their what? Read it. Mind. What's wrong with the world? Their head is screwed on wrong. How many of y'all have turned on ABC, NBC, CBS lately and thought to yourself, they're idiots. These people are crazy. What's wrong? Their thinking is screwed up. God said, I don't want you to think like that. Why is their life messed up? Because their head's messed up. See, you can be born again and you have your head messed up. You'll have a messed up life. So he said, I don't want you to walk, talk, act, and think like them. Verse, verse 18, having their understanding, their mind darkened and alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them. Where? In their mind, in the blindness of their heart. The word heart there is not head, it's their soul. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, work all kinds of uncleanness, greediness. If you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you've heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, put off your former conduct. Put where? In your thinking. You need to change from the way you used to think to a new way of thinking. Uh, we're going to get into where we get these thoughts in a minute. But, but so, so well, let me finish this and I got to get into my, okay, okay, okay. put off concerning your former conduct, verse 23, and be renewed. What's renewed mean? New. 
get a new brain. Get your mind new. Your spirit's new. Get your mind new. Not old mind, new mind. New thinking, new mind. All right, now I'm going to prove something to you. Now, many of you have heard of Elon Musk. But how many of you believe that he doesn't think like you? You know how I know it? He has a little more money. A little bit. What is it, $260 billion or something like that? I mean, it's like, glory to God, a lot. So I'm going to ask you a question. Now, I'm talking to intelligent people. Would you spend a day with him? I would. Why? I'd pick his brain. Now, now don't, don't give me that tone of voice. See, rich people are not rich because they're better. They're rich because they think different. Now, I'm going to use Zach here for a minute. Without his permission, what I'm going to use him. He's humble enough for me to do it. But he has a friend who has lots of money. Lots of money. Lots. More than Zach. And he was sitting with Zach one day, and he got all over Zach about spending money foolishly. He said, well, you keep that up. You will never have nothing. Am I right? And so Zach changed. Let me tell you something. He thinks different. God thinks different than you think. I can't go there because I'm going to get way ahead of myself. God wrote a book. Amen. And he put his brain in it. And it wouldn't hurt for you to go and read it. All right. (laughs) So did that benefit you to hang around? Yeah, you bet. Some of us need rich friends. I'm going to tell you on Justin right now. And it's good. It's good. Not picking on him. But when Justin met Mark Hankins, he was real impressed with the fact that Mark Hankins owned a Raptor. And Mark Hankins has a jet. And his dad doesn't have a jet. So he's thinking, now Justin's thinking, I don't have to be broke like my dad. I can be rich like Mark. And he's right. And he befriended Mark, and Mark has spent time with him. And he's taught Justin stuff. And Justin's income has gone up because Mark spent the time with him. All right. Are we doing good? So God has a lot of stuff he wants to do in you. But he can't until he can get you to change the way you think. And you have to think about what you think about. If you're just going to keep letting circumstances, all day. Charlie Brown's mom. Never met her, never heard her say nothing. All That's the way most people think their moms are anyway. So, but, but think about this. What if we actually started thinking? Today, I'm going to have some big thoughts. I'm going to have some God thoughts. I'm going to have some love thoughts. I'm going to have me some God thoughts. 
You have to do it on purpose because it won't happen any other way. Now, if your life is not where it should be, it's as simple as renewing your mind. Depression is not circumstances. When Paul was beat and thrown in prison, now I'm just going to tell you about me. If you beat me and threw me in prison, I'm calling a lawyer. Now, Paul sang. Now, I'm not quite there yet, but, but God got him out, so he didn't get into depression. Why? Because his thinking's right. And his thinking got him out. Mine would just get me a lawyer bill with Morgan and Morgan. Hello, Mr. Morgan. This is Mr. Morgan. I'd like to pay you $1 million to get me out of this and we're going to sue them and I'll make a million, 100,000 and I'll get a hundred thousand and you'll get a million and thank you. And never mind. I'm just going to, and I'd like to say more, but I'm going to be quiet right now. I get my mind straightened out right here real quick. Go, go with me to second Corinthians 10. How am I doing? All right. What I'm telling you is actually simpler than you think it is. It, well, okay, it's doable. Maybe, it, and it's simple, but it's not easy. Does that make sense? Changing bad thinking, because every time you start having good thoughts, your old thoughts go, eh, <laughs> and fight with you. It just, it just does, because you've been wrong so long. You think wrong, so my wife will look at me sometimes when something's happening, and she'll go, don't go dark. Now, I have a greater tendency to do that than her, and I'll be thinking about something, and I'll go, she'll go, don't go dark. And I'm like, just a moment. Let me go dark a minute. (laughs) But she's right. I hate it when she's right. Just, I hate to tell you that she's right. It's just so humbling. Second Corinthians chapter 10, let's go. Verse three, though we walk in the flesh, you're not warring after your flesh. This is not a flesh battle. You're not gonna beat the people in this nation into submission. Not happening. People are crazy. But it's not changing you. It shouldn't. You can have a good life in spite of it. Now Hitler decided that the way to have a good world is to kill everybody he didn't like. That's not really a great plan. Since he's in hell. Amen. But a lot of people have the mindset that if we could just get everybody around to straighten out, and that's where all the anger and all the bitterness and all, the, all of the strife is coming from because you're fighting with people. The Bible says when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not back. He didn't need the Pharisees to hook with him. He talked to the Pharisees for the Pharisees. But if God is for him, it, whether the Pharisees agreed with him or not was irrelevant. Whether everybody agrees with you or not is not relevant. 
Now, you'll help them if you can, but you don't have to have them. That's called groveling. For though by now you've, you, we don't war against flesh, the weapons of our warfare, that means a, that the, the fight in here is the biggest war you'll ever have. The biggest battles I've ever fought have been in my own soul. And you too. And if we could win it, and, and, and that's what we're talking about today. I'm going to teach you how to win it. How to have peace. How to sleep at night. No matter what's happening. Is that a good idea? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, physical, but they're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. What's a stronghold? That's something in your mind that's holding you back. That's a stronghold. It's put there by hell. Now, the word of God is powerful, and it can break the stronghold. The only thing that will break it is the word. The only thing that will straighten your head out is the word of God. We're not talking about reading your Bible just to read your Bible. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every what? Thought. Captive. That means sometimes you need to grab yourself and go, no, no, no. No, you don't think like that. Love is patient, and love is kind, and love hardly notices. Love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Daryl, shut up. Mind, get straight. You say, have you ever had those talks with yourself? Yes. 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 More than I'd like to admit. But there is no other way to do this. Now, here's another one. You ever had a day when, when the devil said, you're going under. You're going under. God don't care about you. You're going to die. You're going to die, you fool. You're going to die, fool. Come on, don't tell me you ain't never had thoughts like that come in your head. Cash down, imagine it. Cash, get, you get, get, uh-uh. You know what the doctor said. I know what the doctor said. I know what the doctor said. No, if God is for me, God is on my side. He forgives every iniquity. He heals every disease. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies with long life. Long life. Long life. Long life. What am I doing? I, listen, that, that thought is go. I got you thought, you, go, get out of my, you, you get out of my head. Well, you know, but God don't love you. Well, he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Yeah, but you ain't lived right. No, nah, that's why I'm plead the blood. I just plead the blood. I just plead the blood. I'm going to think about the blood of Jesus. Now, let me, let me tell you something. There have been days when I've looked at problems and I'm like, shoot. God, it can't get any worse. And I started thinking, I have never had a problem that God didn't get me out of it. I've never been in anything that he didn't get me out. And so right now, I'm going to have a new thought. I cast all of my cares on him. And I'm anxious for nothing. And I refuse to worry about anything. 
Now, God, you got this. Hey, God, you got this. And then I go, whew. Circumstance didn't change. But my thinking sure did. Because right now I'm focused on truth. Worry is sin. You're not trusting God. But let me tell you something. You ain't going to have no, no cast your care on the Lord thought unless you put it in there. Because everything else is hollering at you going, oh, it ain't going to happen, you stupid thing. <laughs> See, some of y'all don't know the devil very good. and I don't know what's wrong with y'all. But he always calls me names. Does he ever call you names? Does he ever call you names? Does he ever bring up your past? Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> sometimes the devil brings it up. Sometimes Christians do. See, that's why I don't like to tell you all my bad sins because you don't remember anything about my sermon except what I did wrong. What'd you learn today? All the bad things he did. Are you all out there? Did you go home? You see, wrong thinking gets in your head. There, Lisa and I watched a movie at night, a Christian movie, where a woman got pregnant out of wedlock, and her and her boyfriend said, "You go, you go, do something with that baby," and she killed herself. And no reason. Let me tell you something. There's not a man on the planet worth you killing yourself for. They ain't made no man that good. You have that baby and you walk out of that, that guy's life and you go have that baby, you raise that baby, you live for God. And if, God, and if that man won't take care of that baby, God will take care of that baby. Let me tell you something about you, some of you women. Let's talk right now. If a man don't love you, God will love you. If he don't treat you right, you look at him and say, well, God will be my husband and I'll guarantee you he'll take care of me. And don't you get your worth because of some, what some numb nut did. Amen. God placed the value that's on you. Where does depression come from? It's coming from what you're thinking about. Listen, right now your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're on your way to heaven. You've been forgiven of every one of your sins. You've got an angel that watches over you and keeps you in all of your ways. You have grace and favor on you. Goodness and mercy follows you all of the days of your life. Let me tell you something. You think about that for about 10 minutes, and I'll tell you what, you'll be having a Holy Ghost fit right in your, right in your living room. What is it? What's, so, so what is life? Let me tell you, right now, you want a good life. It's really, it's really just a matter of you making yourself think right. Just right now, starting today, I'm going to think about what I think about. And, and, and it's not easy to do. But you can do it. All right, let's look at another one here. And we're going to anyway. Philippians 4. Four. Rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. If they're not, have a mental breakdown. Oh, help me, Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you why people don't rejoice. I want you to see that everything's not going good because I want you to feel sorry for me. Frank, I know I want you to pray for me. 
Frank's not God. After I've told him all my problems, there ain't a thing he can do. So since you ain't listening, I'm going to talk to Roger. What are you doing? When, when, I, was, when I was a kid, we, if you ever pull a car off in Georgia mud and you get it stuck, don't spin the tires. It ain't, it ain't going nowhere. You're stuck. Whining don't work. But rejoicing would mean that you're thinking about how good God is. You don't rejoice when things are going good. You rejoice because God is good. So it says rejoice in what? What? The Lord. How often? Every once in a while? Sunday morning when the band? No, I'm going to tell you this right now. This ought to be a sign. If someone sees you shouting... They ought to say, ha, he's going through hell. <laughs> when, 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 what other good time would there be to rejoice in the Lord? If everything's going good, you don't need to rejoice. When do you need the Lord? You need him when everything ain't going good. So you're rejoicing in him. In him I live and move and have a life. In him. If God is on my side. Okay, boy. Oh, we got three amens and a grunt. That's pretty good. Roger, the second service is not doing much better than the first service. I thought I was so happy to get into this one. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. He's not talking about walking around looking at heaven. I wonder what kind of harp I'm going to have when I get up there. I don't want a harp. I wonder if we're going to eat apples. <laughs> I got out of even trouble. I don't know if I should do that. I don't think that's what he's talking about. He's talking about put your affections on things higher than the earth. What's that? That would be the word. Amen. Wouldn't that be this? Yeah. All right. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be made known to men. The Lord is at hand. Quit worrying about everything. In everything by prayer and supplication. And be thankful for what you got. And quit whining about what you don't. And let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your what? Mind. Mind. Your mind. Listen, when you lose your peace, go find it. Amen. Stop. Oh, hold on. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Oh, oh, I lost my peace. I don't, your car payment don't matter. Your house don't matter. Forget it. Forget it. Don't matter. I lost my peace. And I'm going to tell you where you lost it. You lost it because you're looking at the problem. You're thinking wrong. You're thinking wrong. If you lose your joy, life ain't worth living without joy. Every sinner knows that life was designed to be lived intoxicated. So get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, do you know why I say that? Because the drunks laugh at everything. I need something to Why'd y'all make it so hot in here? I saw a cartoon one time. A guy was going to preach on hell, and he went into church and turned the heater on. Wanted the congregation to feel the sermon. <laughs> anyway, I'm not doing that today. That's not my fault. Okay. All right. Woo. Honey, we're going to get there. Okay. Finally, my brother, whatever's true, whatever's noble, 
whatever's righteous, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. Now listen to me. This is not easy to do, but, you can, but we, it's a must. You and I are living in perilous times. You're going to have to turn the television off. That's not a good report. I'm not saying that you're ignorant of what's going on. But after you have found out how corrupt Washington is and how bad you need to vote, then you need to turn it off. And you need to open a book. And you need to get some joy in your life because the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. Strength. It's not the time you're living in burying you. It's your thinking. All right, now let's, let's think about this for a second. We're living in 2022, I think. Is it 2022 still? I think it is. You, you understand, I, I'm already in 2023 calendar right now for next year, so I have to think. We're in a Shemitah year that begins, the, the 50th year begins, uh, it's either September 25th or October, October 5th. That, that means that if everyone's right, we won't see Christmas. We'll be gone. Now, we, they may be wrong. And, they, and when, they, when they're wrong, you'll, you'll hear them backpedal. Never mind. But no, but no matter what, no matter what. Now, listen to me. We're so close. We're so close. Psalm, was it 37, says soon. You won't find a communist, a lefty, a Democrat, a Republican anywhere. Soon, Jesus will return. Listen, this is what's gonna, the rapture's going to take place. We're gone. The world's going to go, what happened? And the and Christian's going to go, I wasn't ready. Never mind. I didn't mean to depress some of you. And he's going to spend time up there teaching you and I how to rule and reign with him in the millennial reign. You'll get your job assignment. You're going to find out where you're going to live. And you're going to find out how to operate in a kingdom mindset. That's soon. Folks, that's, I mean, you can kiss it. So right now, every time I turn on the TV, I go, Soon the name Pelosi will not be on anybody's. Baraku? Don't shout me down. Putin? Nobody, I mean, nobody going to mention his name. He'll be, he'll be in hell. Unless he gets saved. That's soon. Folks, that's soon. We will see it. No other generation has been able to stand at a church and go, we will see it. And everybody in here goes, I, know, I believe you. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost is showing you and you know that you know. You see, we're not ignorant as those. We're not in dark. Everybody in this room knows it's close. How close? Well, I don't know. But, I, but me and Tom Reed have lived long enough to tell you that seven years is not a lot of time. 
even if we're wrong. Okay, that's a good thought. And during the millennial reign, you will be in church. I'm not even going to go down that road with you. All right. Go to Job 38. Now I get to begin my sermon. We talked about Elon Musk a while ago. Wouldn't it be nice to sit with him? But there is somebody smarter than that. There is a person who's Real smart. I'm going, to read, I'm, going to, I'm going to show you who he is right now. This is, I love reading this in the book of Job because I love the humor of God. So Job, the whole book of Job is not about his sickness and his disease. The book of Job is about Job. See, Job was written before Genesis was. So when Job took place, there was no Bible anywhere. There wasn't anything around. So they, all they knew about God was hearing of the ear. Job knew very little, but he knew about sin. But he knew he needed to get a hold of God, and he knew he couldn't without a mediator. And that's his, that's his whole thing is righteousness and, and the whole nine yards. Anyway, so Job says a lot of stuff, but you have to give him a little bit of credit because he didn't have a Bible, and he didn't go to my Bible school, or he'd know. All right. But God decides to come down and have a talk with Job. And, and, and the way he starts talking to Job is really cool. And the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, and he said, who is this whose darkens counsels by words without knowledge? How'd you like God to start a conversation with you? Hey, numb nut, come here. You smart aleck little thing, come here, I want to have a talk with you. Anyway, now prepare yourself like a man, and I'm going to question you, and I want you to answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of this earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Who, Job, I've got a question for you. Who decided how big the sun would be? Who decided how big the earth would be? Who decided how far the earth would be from the sun? Because a little bit too close, it'd burn up. And a little bit too far, it would freeze. Who decided this, Job? Who decided, Job, who decided that the moon would be this big and be that far out? And who decided, because if it wasn't for the moon, then the seas on the earth would flood the earth. Who decided this, Job? Who, Job, decided that water would, would boil at 212 and freeze at 32? Apparently, you did, Job. God is about to take Job through the ringer of how he made the earth. Did you know that in our solar system right now that the earth is hanging on nothing. Now that's scary, but you're here, so there's nothing you can do about it. There's not another planet for you to get off on. And it's just sitting there. And the sun, who happens to be the right color, isn't that amazing, is sitting there. Now see, if the, if the, if the earth was a soccer ball, then the sun would be downtown Apopka. It's a long ways away, 92 million miles away. Anyway, I measured it one day. <laughs> but, 
But the way God spun it is so precise that if he didn't do it exactly right, the, the, the earth would just spin off. Now, it has a molten core in the middle that has to be a certain temperature so that gravity will pull things down and keep the atmosphere around the earth. But it, ha- but it can't be too much or too little because it'll pull the earth into the sun or it'll loosen it and cause it to sling out in outer space. And then the moon will bang into it. And Jupiter is sitting out there for this one reason. All of the meteorite showers that are coming through the solar system are being sucked into Jupiter so it doesn't hit the earth. I mean, somebody, somebody with a whole lot of brains made this thing we call the planet we're living on. And so God is in there talking to Job and going, let's have a talk. And and at the end of Job's conversation, and I got to read it to you, and I don't. Behold, I'm vile. What shall I answer? I lay my hand on my mouth. Once I've spoken, it was too much. I'm going to shut up. (laughs) In other words, how smart is he? I'm going someplace. I'm not just talking about the earth. What would you do if someone that smart wrote a book? Shandai. Now listen to me. You can have a God thought. Oh God, that's, oh God, what a thought. This ain't no normal book, guys. This is the God that made your body. Everything you'll ever want to know is right here. As a matter of fact, they're not even going to change it in the heaven. They won't even change this during the millennial reign. They don't, they'll never be revised. It's perfect. Imagine if you could actually live your life talking to Jesus. You can. Shandai. Be changed outwardly by doing something with your dumb head and trade it for the mind of Christ. Let's have a God thought. If God is for me, come on, who are you? I'm, I'm a new creation. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Even Elon Musk ain't that smart. Or he'd be saved. Wow. Wow. I'm going to tell, I'm going to brag on my sons and Josh Brown for a minute. Our sons, we taught them the Bible from the time they were kids. And Joshua, I mean, not, not Joshua Brown, and Justin and Jordan went to work at Pentair. Men, grown men, were sitting with them and asking them questions. They were smarter at 20 than men 50 years old. Jordan came home from school one day and he said, Mom and Dad, 
do you know we're not like other people? (laughs) And we said, yes, Jordan, we know. He stood up in, what is the the athletes thing? FCA. FCA. They're in FCA. The Bible teacher in there is talking. Jordan is a student, and he stood up and said, that's all incorrect. And he started preaching the word to the head of FCA, and all the kids grabbled around Jordan to hear what he had to say. But listen, it, what's, what, what made the difference? Mama, teaching them the Bible from the time they were kids. 20-year-old that knows the Word of God smarter than 80-year-old. That's cool, isn't it? You and I can actually, and where am I going through this? I want you to think about what you think about. I want you to set aside time. I don't mean... God's not a Baptist. He's not giving you a star because you read. You read so you can get your head and go, "Mm, that's very different than the way I think. I've had scriptures that I thought it and and my mind kicked it out. No. And I went, no, 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 no. No, this is right. My soul had a hard time with it. When I first heard, I'm the righteousness of God, my soul kicked it out. No, you're not. You're not righteous. I'd been told what a sorry dog I was so long that my mind would not wrap around a scripture. It's truth. But the more I looked at it, the more I meditated on it. You see, you become what you look at. Keep watching the news. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Keep thinking about your problems. Where your mind goes, you follow. That's not the answer. Well, this is, pro- this is easy, isn't it? I mean, it's easy. What did God, who made the universe, say about you? That he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you, you think about that a while. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. That's good thought. That's great thought. The prayers of a righteous man say, that's me. Makes tremendous power. Say, I'm powerful. That's good thought. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not afraid of evil. Not a good thought. That's a good thought. Why do you think I gave you a copy? Why do you think I gave you a copy? Of what I think. So you would know who you are. You won't learn it from the world. 
They don't know it. So I gave you a copy so you would know. So who told you not to read it? Who told you you couldn't understand it? Who told you that? I didn't. If I gave you Jesus, I'll give you anything you want. I'm for you, not against you. I want you to have all I died for you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm not talking about being religious. I, I think I need to say this. Your soul will fight you. If you've been negative a while, picking that book up, it's gonna, you're going to, your brain's going to go, oh, that's too much thinking. I can't, whoa. You're going to remember all the bad things you ever did. You're going to remember all the stupid things. And that book is not talking about what you did. It's who you are now. Other than this book, you'll never know it. When, how did Jesus find out who he was? He walked in his church and opened up to Isaiah and said, that's me. That's me. And they kicked him out. Say, this is me. Everything God says about me is me. When it comes to healing, it's the way you think. Your heart has not grasped the love of God for you. There's a prayer in Ephesians. He said, pray this prayer over yourself so you'll have a revelation in your soul of how much I love you. Because once you understand you're forgiven, healing, boom, happen. It's that fast. What's hindering it? Your soul. Your soul is filtering truth out. The way it sits. So what do you do? You get, it, you get it straightened out. I have, I have big thoughts. I want some of you to think big. Think big. Why is it we're not seeing more Christians laying hands on sick people and seeing them healed? I'm going to tell you why. Because they're not thinking about it. God would use you as much as he would anyone else. Why don't we have more loving people? Because we're not thinking about it. Why don't we have more obedient kids? Because they've never learned to think. Right? That's what training a child is. What's the difference between you? This is a wonderful time to become a millionaire. Um, have you ever thought about selling electric bicycles right now? Probably make a million dollars. Because everybody's going to need one real soon. 
Don't shut me down. We're thinking about putting solar panels on the church and put a charging station out here. Because all of y'all are going to have to start getting Teslas or something real soon. Okay, you know, you won't, don't want to. That's fine with me. I don't care. We'll sell you gas. Am I, am I, is this okay? Boy, if God could just get you to dream. Let, let, me, let, let me go someplace with you. I ask this question all the time. What are you going to be doing in 100 years from now? Mm-mm. You won't be. Where will you be? You'll be here. What will you be doing? I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm not embarrassing you. I guess I did. What are you going to be doing, Adam? Jesus flies. I mean, we, we, come on, come on, y'all. Somebody go with me. You remember the guy that went to hell for 38 minutes? Jesus said, I think you'd like to see the solar system. He flew him out there. Oh, wait a minute. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. When we come back, are we going to be using airlines? Come on, y'all. Y'all can't get. If I could just get your brain to just, get, just to engage. Why do you think those movies are out there? Because every man knows he's created in the image of God and he's looking for it. Now they're trying to get back to it without God, but we're going back there. How did Adam check on the whales? He walked out there. 1,500 mile garden, how did he get from one end to the other? Okay, if you don't believe me, how did Jesus? When Jesus returned, show me the scripture that he walked to Galilee. Okay, some of y'all, I know your brain is fried. Like, just stop, Pastor. You're... Okay. <laughs> We're about to enter into a time period that'll blow your mind. Some of the millennium has already entered in here. Self-driving cars, everything. We've already entered into a piece of that. We haven't done near what we could do. God, I'm going I'm to close. I'm trying to close. The Lord told Andrew Womack, he said, you are limiting me by your th- imagination. You are limiting me with your imagination. If you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. So there's only one place I know that will get your imagination out there where it needs to be, and that's right here. The other day, Lisa was reading a scripture to me about uh, the one that the hairs of your head are numbered. Lisa told me that some of my numbered hairs have fallen away. <laughs> and I'm waiting to the millennial reign to get them back, and she's telling me, why are we waiting? <laughs> Can I blow your mind a little more? 
during the millennial reign, will you be living well? Why are you waiting? Well, Shandai, I mean, I mean, I mean, our brains are like, ooh. I'm going to close with this one statement. I'm going to ask you this week to think about what you think about. If you've been thinking junk, take that and start changing that. I don't mean that you need to be in la-la all the time, but I mean take some time and get your mind thinking like God. A businessman, John Maxwell, someone asked John, where do you get your material? And he said, I'm not going to tell you that because you can't handle it. And he said, I can handle it. Tell me where you're getting your material. He said, no. He said, no, I can handle it. He said, I get it all out of the Bible. Now, don't get mad at me for what I'm about to say. If you, if you spend a lot of money in college and you don't know your Bible, you're still dumb. You're ignorant as a rock. I'm not saying don't go to college. You can go to college. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Solomon never went to school. And he's rich too. This is good thinking, isn't it? Father God, I pray right now. Let Let me just pray over us. Father God, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity I've just had to stand here in front of this church and share your word. Father, you, you have so much for us. You have so much for us. I don't think most of us in here have scratched the surface of what you, we could be doing right now this side of heaven or forever. I pray that starting today, that no matter who, who's in this room and where they are spiritually, they learn today the answer to get their head and screw it on right. Get this thinking, start thinking right. Their body will follow. Their flesh will follow. I pray, Father God, that we would learn to teach our children the Word and how in, it massively important that is. It's not small. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice will walk out here today and say, wow, I can have a better life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, you can turn it. And all you got to do is work on your soul. Father, thank you for the opportunity that people came in and sat and listened to your word. And I seal them with this, that they will not forget what was they heard this morning, but they will begin to diligently work on the renewing new mind, new soul, new. Get their soul new. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well. Thank you. Y'all have been wonderful. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. If you can believe for it, you can have it. Says it throughout the word way more than once. If he, that's what he told me. He said, if you can believe for it, you can have it. So what are you believing for? The things that have already been given to you by God through redemption those you already have 
access to them. They're just in the spirit. And your faith is going to bring them out of that spiritual realm into your natural realm. Amen. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. Dare I believe for it? Yes, you dare. Yes, you dare. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 16. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in and your house. As our altar workers are coming forward, coming up, one on either side of me, one on my left, one on my right, at least. If you're here today and you need prayer for any reason, if you've never remember a time in your life where you said, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Paul prayed in Ephesians 3. That's the prayer he's talking about. Paul prayed, and you can pray this over your family members, over yourself, over people, friends. He said, I pray that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. I pray that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they would be rooted and grounded in your love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, the breadth, and they may know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, and that they be filled with the fullness of God. You can pray those over people every day, and God will answer those prayers. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ Jesus personally, if you don't remember a time where you said, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. You need to come up here and do that today. Don't leave these doors. Your life is not guaranteed. You don't have the time you think you have. Amen. If you need prayer for any other reason, come up. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.